You're listening to What Were You Thinking? And then the space of two or three years, they had gone from you slinging them out the back of the trunk of a car into millions of dollars of sales. They were building the company, you know, or as I'd say, you know, they were the building the plane while they were flying it. And how did this product become the most ubiquitous product in sport for like two years and then completely vanish? What Were You Thinking? is a podcast where a brand or agency creative looks back at the creation of a single piece of branded content or campaign and blow by blow tells the story of what they were thinking when it was created. In this episode, we hear from Adam Selwyn, who in 2009 was an account supervisor at Dig Communications, overseeing the newly acquired Power Balance account. It was to be the last account he supervised before switching to the creative side of PR full-time. I was pretty much at the point where I knew I was a terrible account person and was transitioning over to becoming a creative, although back in 2009-2010, creatives in public relations didn't really exist. And if they were, there was one. Um, and they, you know, I worked in places where they had a trolley with coloured pens on it. And they would roll in and draw things on the board, or you, they were the people that gave you a colouring book to promote creativity but real strategic creativity didn't really exist and where I was at we sort of cracked the code that when we were more creative and we could get better coverage we won more business and we were just sort of at the turning point of figuring that out So Pete Marino, who was the owner of Dig Communications, um, is a very, very well-connected man across the whole of the industry, very well-respected, had worked at um, a number of big agencies and had just had incredible connections. And a friend of his that was a marketer told us about these guys who were looking to take the next step in a company that we had never heard of called Power Balance. This guy came in and he brought 10 copies of Sports Illustrated. And he put it down on the table and he went, take a look at the covers of Sports Illustrated. I think at the time, if I remember rightly, it was Kevin Durant was on one and Shaq was on one. And I think Beckham was on one and all these people. And he said, take a look at them. What do you notice? What's the same in each of these pictures? And obviously we, you know, we didn't know. And he said, take a look on the wrists of every single one of these athletes. And every single athlete had this, what looked like a wristband, bracelet on that was a rubber bracelet with a little silver center in it. And he said, that, that's power balance. That's them. And he told us, I think the fact was, I think of of 16 of the last covers of Sports Illustrated, they had been on 15 of them and nobody knew who they were. That was the remit. Get people talking about it, you know, get them the credit they deserve and help them build what they saw was, you know, one of the most exciting companies in, in sport. Power Balance was started in 2006 by brothers Troy and Joshua Darmel. Both were college athletes and drew on those connections when they started their business. The origin of this was, you know, Josh and Troy selling these out the back of the car at sporting events, you know, at weekend events where, you know, high school football games and and events. And that that's how they'd started selling them. And these guys hired friends and family. And, you know, they are well-meaning, good guys. So it was it was cousins and friends and teammates and college mates. And that's what how it was built. 
So as part of their marketing at the time, as it were, they were doing trade shows and people are coming up to them. And I believe an Italian uh, distributor came up to them and said, hey, these are great. I can sell these. How many can I have? And they were like, here's how many we can make. How many can you sell? And that became the global marketing model for the first few years. You're right. Unbridled chaos is, is, is the right term, but it, but it was just saying yes to everything. We sat down and they explained that as a young quarterback in California, Josh had grown up and, and apparently if you are a prodigy quarterback, there is one camp in Southern California that you go to to be coached and that is the funnel into the collegiate system and then obviously into the NFL. And so Josh had grown up and become best friends with people like Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, who at the time were breaking into the NFL. As the months went on, we were finding out that people like, you know, Derek Rose had started to wear it and thought it was so incredible. He had hundreds of them. And in fact, he had hundreds of them in the locker room and was giving them out to people. Shaq and Lamar Odom were doing the same thing. So it, it, it sort of it snowballed. We just we couldn't we couldn't believe how it was going. Now, at this point, I think this account was worth about five thousand dollars a month, which is below the minimum most agencies, even back then. So this was this was a passion project. This was Adam thinks this is interesting. Off you go, and for five thousand a month, you get Adam, and that's about it. So at this point, when when we started, there really wasn't any sort of marketing plan or, or messaging in place. The only messaging that existed was the messaging that was on the package, and that messaging said improves balance, strength, and flexibility, and that was it. This very simple package, and they had just given them to them and said, "Hey, try this. If it helps, it helps. Great." without really anything else. They hadn't asked them to endorse. They hadn't asked them to do anything, but just had seeded them. And so obviously the first thing we needed to do was sit down with them uh, and figure out messaging. We started saying we need to be talking to athletes um, and we want athletes to be talking about it. You get into the world of classic PR, right? We want to take an athlete. We want to give them a product that we want to talk about and we want to go and phone ESPN, Mike and Mike, you know, the the old radio morning shows. I mean, these guys were really hard to to nail down to approve key messaging, and we certainly couldn't centralise that key messaging for the world. But what we did do was say, look, we need to talk to these athletes, and we kind of need to give them a bit of a script to talk about. You know, use the first person. What does it do for you? Like, we don't want them pulling a, a corporate line about what it's meant to be able to do. Now, normally, as you know, you've got to pay an athlete a lot of money, you've got a services agreement, PR gets fucked at the bottom of the plan. This was the other way round. So to get hold of the people that we wanted, they just gave me their cell phone numbers and get told, hey, just text them or give them a call and see if Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, Shaq, Dwight Howard will, you know, go on mic and mic for us tomorrow. So we start getting athletes talking about it on radio. We start having them wear it on TV. And like I said, you know, a snowball, this this wasn't a snowball effect. This was an avalanche happening in the space of months. Every single day we would get an unsolicited piece of coverage. And I am talking from Robert De Niro wearing it on an Italian talk show to, you know, a four-page spread in the Daily Mail in England saying, what are these wristbands the Beckhams are all wearing? I mean, in every sport we had 
one or two of the biggest athletes. People were going nuts for them. They were the most stolen product from Models. This thing was off around the world and was just a runaway train. With the rise in popularity, a backlash started to emerge. People began to scrutinize the product. It started with a test, one that Adam took himself on that first day of working with Troy and Josh. California were like let's come and meet the rest of the company we drove over to Laguna Niguel and I did the tests there were these three tests that you did that were going to prove what power balance did so without any sort of hellos whatever it was I walked in and Josh pushed my arms down I think I put my arms out like a T you push my arms down I stretch my arms back and then you return to the original position and then he just puts this silicon wristband on my wrist and he repeated the tests and on every test so when I he could easily push me over on the first test he could not push me over and I mean he was trying like this wasn't like oh okay he was really trying couldn't push me over my flexibility in turning round at that in, in the other test was increased at that moment I will kid you not I was in I smell magic in the air I feel it clouding my senses. I was like, this is amazing. I love magic, but I was just like, how is that possible? I had never done anything like that. And as it grew and as the months went by, and really once we got the athletes talking, once the, the sales had gone up, once we'd started sort of really poking our head above the parapet and people really understanding what this product was and seeing it everywhere on everyone, then the media got hold of it and really started coming off and started asking tougher questions about the product. Being like, well, what does this do? How can you substantiate these claims? What science do you have? So I am walking around my agency, putting up a couple of red flags saying, look, this I don't think we can make claims necessarily. How do we manage this? We started to think that if we can't test this to scientifically prove that it does what it says it does. We need to be changing the narrative of how we're talking about this product to being about how it makes the individual person or sports person feel. You know, we had gone from being a, a company that had predominantly positive sentiment stories to predominantly negative sentiment stories so leveling the sentiment of how people were talking and how we're covering us was important we were really just trying to get to you know a, an even keel we knew there was going to be negativity but really what we tried we tried to move them to neutral is is going to be a win here so as we made this next shift and as the trajectory really grew we sort of tried to find that middle ground of where would be could be friendly because what was undeniable was the sheer staggering story of the company. To go from sort of $150,000 to $50 million in the space of four years, we were like, that is an unbelievable story that a, that a business reporter with a heavy sports background like Darren Ravel was at the time, that's where we want to go. So we needed, you know, we thought validation for that could be really good. So we went and pitched CNBC with Ravel to possibly talk to us about the business of the business. We took Josh um, and we took him in to do a, 
a live feed piece with Dara Ravel on CNBC, which was absolutely terrifying for them, made no less terrifying for the fact that the night before, uh, Josh had lost a bet, so had had a perm in his hair. So I put Josh on CNBC with Darren Ravel with a perm in his hair. But he did a good job with Ravel and Ravel every time, you know, we kept the story coming back to the athletes, what they believed, the incredible numbers, the stories. And we felt pretty good about it. And after the story ran, Ravel sort of went back live and talked about it and said, look, this is just incredible. And he's like, the numbers don't lie. That's why I am calling Power Balance the CNBC Sports Product of the Year. The approach we had taken was working. So we were being labelled as a very serious sports product that, you know, Ad Age and CNBC were likening and talking about in the same vein from a business point of view and from a sports uh, credibility point of view as some of the biggest companies in the world. And I think it was probably a double-edged sword. While CNBC gave us a lot of credibility and solidity, I think whenever you show people how much money the company's making, then people get pissed off. It was the circling of the other people coming in to investigate and saying, well, are these guys evil? You know, if they can't prove this work, is this snake oil? Oh, God, the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. This university and a professor over there in their sports department decided that he was going to do his own tests. They basically put it through a very, very weak test. I mean, I don't think it came out much worse than inconclusive, but people were interested in to talk to him. This wasn't Stephen Hawking coming after us and putting us down. It was just a group of people that put a study together that got taken as being a bit of an oracle that maybe they weren't as effective as as we were saying they were. The efficacy of the wristband wasn't the only challenge Adam's team faced. They had to deal with lawsuits in Italy, the Netherlands, and Australia related to misleading marketing claims. Adam and the team determined they needed a serious journalist with integrity to write about power balance, someone who could address the noise surrounding the brand with credibility. Alyssa Roenick had just started writing for ESPN when she discovered and coined the term the Madden Curse. In the years since, she earned praise for her feature writing, in-depth columns, and investigative work. She was the ideal journalist they sought. In Alyssa, we saw an opportunity to have a really impressive journalist write the one story that we hadn't told, which was the comprehensive story of the people the product, the athletes, and the real idea behind the product, sort of this idea of what we'd started crafting around, why do people believe this product helps? And that that really interested her. So she's like, I want to talk to multiple athletes. I want to talk to the guy at the University of Wisconsin. I want to talk to your distributors. I want to talk to sort of everybody and do a fair and balanced piece that represents how this company came to be, came to get to where they were and is now facing everything they're facing. The idea to actually open ourselves up and give her access to people and places that we hadn't given anybody else was a risk, but it was a calculated risk that we took at the time. 
she found that the biggest story was not whether or not this worked, but what she came upon, which is where really where we were guiding. And we, we certainly didn't influence her in any way. Like, you know, go, go and read Alyssa's work and see the, you know, the journalist she is. You don't influence her at all. She'll write what she wants to write. She was more interested in digging into what the power of belief could do for an athlete. Initially, when Alyssa came to us, we were probably talking about ESPN.com, which, which, which was fine. And as it grew and as the months went by and as she had access to talking to more people, she came to us and said, look, I think we're on to a bigger article here. I've gone and talked to the editors and they believe there might be a place for this in the body issue. Now, if you remember back then, ESPN, the magazine every year came out with the body issue that is very famous for having the world's best sports people naked. This issue that focuses on the, you know, the incredible athleticism of these people. And the editors agreed. And in the end, what we got was a five-page spread in the body issue, the biggest issue of ESPN of the year called The Power of Belief that I would say if you go and read it, ends up exactly where we wanted it to be, really coming out with that key messaging of like, here's the people that say it's bullshit, who say it's a fake, here's why they back that up, here's the athletes who swear by it, here's the business story, you know, here's some other things that I think are interesting for you to think about but at the end of the day if you wear it and it helps you is that so bad from a win point of view from a strategy it was still to me is the best article we ever it's the best hit i ever got as an account person and it's certainly the best article i've ever been able to place for a client they managed to build a company that was more successful than pretty much any other company out there until they flew too close to the sun and it all came crashing down as fast as it had been built. At no point did this account, did the people, did the product make any sense? Because if you look at seeding and influencers in the world of marketing now, this was the absolute, the upside down of how this was meant to work. I think, you know, what it really taught me was the real magic of word of mouth, when it really works, when you get that balance between inspiring people by what a product can do and then the aspirational side of seeing athletes wear on it. And I know this sounds crazy, but I really think that they tapped into something like Nike has, right? You wear Nike because it feels good and it helps you, but you also wear it because you think you might play like LeBron or you think you might play like whoever that great player is the legend and the folklore of the product that was as magical as the product itself you know the stories were real and that's what gets you if you get stuck into having to convince people you can only go so far if you make people care and you hook them you can do anything after 18 months of unbridled chaos full of highs and lows dig communications and power balance amicably ended the relationship. Adam says buying the naming rights to Arco Arena, where the NBA's Sacramento Kings call home, may have been the moment the Rodarmo brothers flew too close to the sun. Shortly thereafter, Power Balance agreed to settle a class action lawsuit the U.S. filed against the company for fraud, false advertising, unfair competition, and unjust enrichment. Two months later, the company filed for bankruptcy, What Were You Thinking is hosted and edited by Barrett Tripp. It's produced by Content Branded. Content Branded helps brands and agencies tell stories that not only grab, but also hold your attention. 
Learn more about their workshops and consulting at contentbranded.com. Links to see the content discussed during the podcast can be found on our website, whatwereyouthinkingpodcast.com.